Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, I'm going to respond to a question or a challenge that I saw in our a Facebook support group that we run called Truth About Dyslexia Support Group. It would make sense with our the podcast name, right? Um, and it was around relationships. And I won't go into the exact question, but the challenge was asking about how a specific person's mind kind of works went with a breakup and some specifics. So I'm not going to go into deep into that, but what I did want to share is five things that I've learned from myself about how my brain operates in a relationship. I went through a period where I probably had three or four longer term partners. And, you know, now I reflect back into those moments, there's five things that really stood out that, you know, weren't, didn't really work. Um, and I'm going to just bear my soul and share all those things. Hopefully they'll, they'll help. So let's dive into today's episode. Relationships, where to start? So this all, this all kind of came from a question in our support group. And I'm not going to go into the specifics because it was quite a specific question or challenge or story. But what I did want to talk through was five things that I've noticed in myself over past relationships. And I would, you know, if I, sorry, I, hate, I hate saying anything that's a fault, but let's just say there were definitely challenges that took me a lot longer than it should to overcome. Um, and they've all caused issues in my previous relationships that until I really mastered them or worked them out, uh, you know, I was probably doomed to fail. Didn't matter who I was with, I'd be doomed to fail. That's kind of what I set myself up with. Um, and I, I, you know, this is like some of the stuff like I'm not proud of. But, you know, you can only really, you know, you can only really understand yourself when you reflect on the stuff you don't want to reflect on, the stuff that you're not proud of, because that's the only way to change, right? And so I thought I'd, I'd share these five. I've written them down um, just so I don't wuss out of any of them, not to share the, share the stories. So the first one, and, and I, you know, I had lunch with a friend two weeks ago who's having some relationship challenges, and I shared this one and it kind of broke his mind a little bit because he could see himself doing this. And what that was, was trying to win the woman. You know, so what I mean by that is my dyslexic brain loves a challenge. And there was a point, there's a couple of points in my life where I, I feel I won the girlfriend or the relationship rather than taking time to work out if, if it was what I needed. Um, so like I would do anything that, that I thought they wanted me to be, I would be whatever they thought of me to be, I'd put my mask on, which many of us are so good at, and I would, you know, my neurodiverse brain would would just go in and I would do whatever it took to build, create a relationship. And for that first three or four months, it was exciting, it was interesting, I was winning, you know, to me, and I know that sounds horrible, but you know, in my brain, it was like external validation, it was all of those things where you know, I could do this, I can win this, I can get there. Now, as you can imagine, this is not a great way to start any relationship. But with my brain at the time and the way I operated, it's how I worked. I worked really hard at the beginning. And so my partner is at the time, you know, there's two of them that come to mind. They really, you know, they, they cared about me and they, they got really invested. But there was a part of my brain that was just trying to win you know, win it. And now, does that mean I didn't love them or care about them? No, I did care about them. I did love them. It was not, I was not doing it intentionally to hurt anybody, but it was because I just didn't understand myself at the time. And I didn't really understand love or relationships. 
you know, and you see this a lot with dyslexics. They haven't quite picked up great traits from their parents or from other role models. And, you know, we're very much look and learn. So what we see is what we learn or what we do is what we learn. Um, and, you know, I, I see it a lot where people are, spend so much time trying to win the girl or win the boy or win the person to say that they've got them that they're not actually taking the time to work out what they really need in a relationship and to be really vulnerable in themselves. And so that when they get with someone, they're both on the same page. That was the biggest change I made with my wife is that I wasn't trying to win her for the sake of winning her. I was vulnerable and real. And so from day one, there was no surprises. You know, we both knew what we were getting, good and bad. And that, that changed the game for me. But it's something I see in a lot of relationships. So, so do question that with yourself or your partner. You know, did they change massively after three or four months and it go backwards really fast? Because they kind of, I don't want to say lost interest in you, but just got bored in general. It's just the way our brains can work, especially the ADHD side of the neurodiverse mind. Now, number two, you know, the fear of breaking up, you know, that's the other one. Like I probably stayed in a couple of relationships a year or so longer than I should have. Because a part of me was scared to break up. A part of me was scared to hurt the person I was with. Um, you know, I didn't want them to feel bad. Um, I overthought, would I find anyone better? Is the grass actually greener? Um, or, is, or, you know, is, is this the best I'm ever going to have? Um, you know, there's a huge amount of self-doubt issues that came up in that. But what would happen is, what it would lead to is literally, I would constructively dismiss partners. And so this is me being deadly honest, you know, and this is a few years back now, but I would literally try and create situations where they would break up with me so I didn't have to be the one that broke up with them. Now, I know you're probably saying that sounds real wussy, but, you know, my brain worked that way. It was, it was so engulfed in overthinking, overfeeling, uh, uncertainty that I couldn't actually make the call. And, you know, when they made the call, it was the best moment because then I didn't, even if it led to me being you know, in a really bad space. Like I actually remember one breakup where literally I was eating pizza and drinking beer in bed and just ignoring my partner at the time. And she goes, you just don't want to be with me. We should just break up. And at that moment I said, yes, we should. And it happened. We, we could have broken up a year earlier, but I was too scared. I was seriously lost in my head, lost in my feelings and didn't even know what real love was or what I really wanted in a partner at that point. So that was, you know, that was huge. So like sometimes a breakup could be further. And the other thing as well is when you're overthinking stuff like that in relationships, I know for me, I'd spent a year thinking about breaking up with this person and not really sharing this completely. Like I'm sure I would say some things we should change and all this other stuff. But there was a part of me thinking about this in some format. And so by the time it actually happened and the breakup happened, I just didn't have the emotional attachment anymore. I'd already been through it in my mind. I'd already gone through the whole process. I'd already let all that emotion out. So I looked really cold when we broke up, but it wasn't personal. It was just the way my brain operated and the way, you know, I'd lived that experience in my head so vividly and emotionally. It just, yeah, it was crazy. The other one as well, and this, this kind of, I read this through in this person's question in the group, was around um, once the breakup happens, dyslexics especially, this is what I've seen a lot in the dyslexic world, is are much more prone to change and are much more open to adjust things, okay? So, you know, you might, you might be with someone for three or four years or however long it is, 
and you break up and then they, they start dating someone else or they, they, they change some massive stuff in their lives that they would never change when they were with you. When they were with you, they would never change it. They would fight to the death that they're not making that change. And the minute they break up, within three weeks, they've made that change and they're in love with it and they're acting like they've always wanted to do this, um, which is a real annoying thing, right? I always remember with my ex-wife, um, she always wanted me to grow a beard and I would never do it. And the minute we broke up, I think within a week, I had a, started growing a beard, you know, and she saw me and went, what are you, <laughs> bugger? You know, she probably said a, a harsher word than that, um, if we're honest. But the, um, you know, the whole point of it was like those inflection moments with neurodiversity, you know, and this, don't get me wrong, this happens to everybody, but I guess I've seen it, I, I've, I guess, you know, when you see the neurodiverse mind, the dyslexic ADHD mind, we're much more all or nothing, right? So we're all on a spectrum, we're much more all or nothing. So when we get into a Russian relationship, we're much less likely to change. But then when something big happens to call, put a spanner in the works, we're more likely to rebuild our lives from the ground up. So we go either side of the bell curve on this. And so when I broke up, like I, I made some massive changes. I got the fittest, I, after my ex-wife, fittest I ever did in my life. I, uh, you know, grew a beard. I made massive changes. It was, it was crazy. And it just kind of energized me into that zone, which was really, really powerful. Four, you know, so getting bored. Um, and, you know, getting bored and not understanding my brain. So this kind of follows on for that second point is that until you understand your mind and how it operates, um, you, don't, you, don't, you can't actually see what's happening and why. You can't see the cause and effect. So there's a lot of, my, lot of time where I was getting bored in our relationship and I put it down to our relationship rather than other challenges I was dealing with. You know, I was just bored in general with, with work or bored with trying to hold my life together. You know, for the, for the neurodiverse mind, like there's so much to hold together in a, in, a, in a world, let alone with a relationship, when you have to balance someone else's feelings and someone else's needs. And if you're not on the same page, then it's really hard. Like if you want one thing, they want something else. You know, where I found with my wife that's worked really well is we're really aligned about where we're going and we can say anything to each other and we're both there to support each other and we're both, neither of us are pulling away. So it's like we're getting momentum in the same direction where my previous partners, and this was not on them, but I hadn't made sure we were aligned. I was still in that winning mode, which wasn't a good place to be. And I apologize to them because it was, you know, it was it was a younger, more foolish version of me. So understanding my mind and how to deal with boredom on a day-to-day basis, rather than a trip, trying to attribute it to external factors, I've used tools like meditation, walking, I'm starting to breathe more, all this other stuff that's helping my mind with that. Um, you know, that's made a massive difference in keeping me going as well. And then probably five, and this is kind of across all four of those things, but You know, I I found myself in relationships overthinking everything and not being able to share and communicate with my partners. You know, I either thought thought that if I shared it, they would think I'm stupid or not good enough. Um, I thought if I shared some of the stuff, they just didn't care. Um, I'd overthink overthinking and it would just go through my head. And I'm sure on the outside when someone's looking in, it looks like I'm hiding stuff from my partner. It literally looks like that, I'm sure. You know, if they don't understand how my brain works, like, they must feel like, hey, he's, he's overthinking all of this stuff. 
you know, or, he, or he's got all this stuff he's hiding, where it wasn't the case. It just meant that a thousand things could run through my brain in a 10 minute period. And it would actually be tiring for me to actually try and communicate some of that because I don't even understand what's always going on in there. You know, there's so much happening. It's a different world. It doesn't seem to sometimes play to the same time constraints of the real world. And so, but from the outside, like all this is happening in my head, my partner's going, what are you thinking about? And I'd say, nothing. <laughs> it was like, and it was not that it wasn't thinking about nothing. It was just like, I can't fathom trying to explain what's going through my mind. And, and it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a duck, duck, goose kind of thing or a pass the parcel. You know, when they say that statement, it's kind of, I don't, I can't even hold what was in my mind while I'm listening to them. Sometimes it's just gone. And it's like, literally, I don't know. It's probably, I don't know would have been a more realistic answer. But, you know, I, I can see how that would have caused issues in relationships as well. And now I'm a lot clearer on that. I'm, I'm more aware. So I do make an effort to try and say something about what I'm thinking, if I'm aware of it. Or I can say, I don't know. And we can laugh it off. So understanding myself has made a massive impact. But I also think for anyone out there who's in a relationship with someone who's dyslexic or neurodiverse, what I'd say is a lot of it is not actually about you. It's about them. You know, they're pointing at you. They're pointing three fingers back at themselves. And I'd say there is the right person out there for you. You know, there's how many billions of people are on this planet? There's a lot. And so don't get stuck thinking there's only one person. You know, there'll be someone better. And, you know, the lessons I've learned on how to get that is making sure you find someone that's on the same path as you, where you both want to go the same direction. Two, you can communicate. You know, you can share anything with them. You know, you don't hide a part of yourself with them. That is the key. Biggest thing I got wrong was I hid a part of myself and wasn't completely there. And that was terrible. And then three, you know, someone who just makes you better. Like, like someone who actually makes you better. They have their own problems. You've got your problems. That, that's not going away. But you get each other and you want each other to succeed. And I don't know, for me, that has made a massive, massive impact in my life. So that's me bearing my soul on relationships and some of the, I want to say, shitty things I did um, before I knew what I knew today. But um, hope that helps. Hope that gets you thinking. Have an epic rest of your day.